The Free Trail Podcast is presented by Speedland, the pioneering and innovative footwear brand from Portland, Oregon, founded by industry veteran shoe dogs, Dave Dombrow and Kevin Fallon. Speedland's mission is to create the best equipment for trail runners, period. Premium products, the best materials, small quantities, no cutting corners, and a deep commitment to our sport, trail running, the best sport in the world. A couple products to highlight, the GS Tam, my signature shoe. We still have availability up to size 10, but we've officially blown through inventory in all of the larger sizes and they're never coming back. So if you want one of the remaining pairs of the GS Tam, you better act fast. We're also still in pre-order for the GS PGH. It is still ongoing. The Cam Haynes Commission named after his home test piece. Mount Pisgah outside Eugene, Oregon. The GSPGH is like the GS TAM, but with a slightly softer and bouncier midsole compound that provides a super duper plush ride out on the trails. We anticipate fulfilling all pre-orders later in September. So jump on it now. Visit runspeedland.com. Use code FREETRAIL10 to take advantage of a generous 10% discount. Runspeedland.com. Use code FREETRAIL10. Hello, my dear friends. Welcome to the Free Trail Podcast. Of course, I am your loving host, Dylan Bowman, here with a very special episode, Mr. Ryan Thrower, the co-founder, creative director, and longtime producer of this podcast, is finally here to do a long-form interview of his own on the show that he has been so instrumental in building over the last few years. I have to say, this one is super special to me. Not only is he a business partner and a dear friend, but Ryan is like family to Harmony and I at this point. We've only known each other for a few years, but I love him like a brother, and I'm so grateful for everything that he's brought into my life and that he's contributed to Free Trail. He, of course, mostly exists behind the scenes and behind the camera, so it was great to finally get him behind the mic and tell his story a little bit more to the broader Free Trail audience. We, of course, talk about his background, his creative influences, the journey of building Free Trail together, including all the highs and lows along the way. We finish by talking at length about the 100-mile race that he has coming up this weekend. That's right. This Friday, Ryan will be stepping to the start line of the Swiss Alps 100. So to the Global Free Trail listenership, join me in sending a huge good luck to our guy, Ryan Thrower, taking on this beast of a 100-mile course in Switzerland in just a few days. Let's go, Rye. Before we get to the show, I'd be irresponsible not to plug Ryan's podcast, Trail Running Radio, which he does with Hannah Allgood, another trail runner with sophisticated taste in music. It is such a cool show. It's honestly a viral sensation in Slack with the Free Trail Pro community, and it has a super unique format. It's Spotify exclusive because of music rights, but Basically, Ryan and Hannah just share some of their favorite songs, often with a specific episode theme. And in between music, they banter about various trail running and life-related topics in the most endearing and engaging way. It's a super fun listen while you're running, even for someone like me who hardly ever listens to music. Again, that's Trail Running Radio. Search for it in Spotify. Finally, thank you to our sponsors who make free trail possible. In addition to Speedland, we're also fortunate to collaborate with Gnarly New Nutrition, HVMN, and Rourke Apparel. You'll hear from all of them later in the show, but please visit the show notes for deals and discounts with these amazing brands. Thank you all for listening. See you in the outro. 
potentially the most important podcast ever recorded. Ryan Thrower. Bro. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Long time producer. First time full episode. And who better to break in the new studio? Yeah, this Ryan is cool. Thrower. We have the garage door open. Good natural light coming in. Paint the picture for the audience here. It's still bare bones. Our future world headquarters here in the garage of my home in Marin County, California. Do you see the potential in this space? I do, especially with the new hard rock thing that you're going to hang behind you because normally the camera shoots directly to you so you see what's behind. This one is unique because it's capturing both of us. Yeah, so for those who watch on YouTube, you can see the very rudimentary studio that we're recording from, but man, I'm so happy to have this little space here in the crib that we can turn into our new recording studio. And again, who better to break it in than the longtime producer, my good buddy, business partner, free trail MVP, RT. Thanks for having me. Dude, we got to start with our traditional opening question. What makes you, you? Oh, yeah. I should know. I should have known this was coming. <laughs> um, you know... That's a really good question. It's interesting to think about when, you know, you have an elevator pitch of essentially like when you meet somebody and they're like, yeah, so like, what's your deal? Like, you know, what makes you, you? And I think I used to instantly say, oh, I'm an ultra runner or I'm a trail runner. Like that's the first thing I was like so excited to talk about. And I think as I've gotten older, I am heavily influenced on the people surrounding me as well as my environment, like geographically. Um, I'm much happier out West, like whether it's here in Marin or up in Seattle where I live and I have great people in both places. And so, I mean, I would like to think I would be the same person without those people, but I, I mean, I, I don't think that's true. I mean, I have a lot of really, really good friends, good people in my life, good family, you know? So I think I, my answer to that is like both location and people. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because if I were to answer the question, what makes Ryan, Ryan, I would say you're like a unique relationship builder. That's a, skill that you have that's maybe more powerful than other people. In other words, you have an ability to connect with human beings. Has that always been the case? Oh, thank you. Um, I don't know, honestly, it, which is, it's kind of unique because I, I feel like I can go longer than most people without human interaction, especially if I'm out like in the woods, traipsing through the mountains, like as I'm training for my race, uh, coming up, I've been doing like a lot of like eight to 10 hour solo days and I'm just, I love it. And I come home and I don't have this inkling to be like, Oh, who wants to like get a beer? Who wants to? I'm just like, Nope. I like, but then I do hit that point where, um, I do really start missing people. I just think it's a little bit longer than most. And so as far as building relationships with people, I think that's something that's changed since I've lived out West, which has been about nine years. Is that because you've had to 
be more outgoing in order to build those relationships. You grew up in Indiana. We'll come around to talking about that, but you moved out West alone. I did. I knew one person in Seattle and I thought I was only going to be there a year because I almost signed a lease in San Diego and I drove the one all the way up and I was like, well, let me just go up to Seattle and let me think about it. And then I got up there and I was like, I'm here. I might as well just sign a year of lease and see what happens. And then uh, I was like, yeah, but then I'm going to go to San Diego. And uh, yeah, it was a couple months into it. And I was like, all right, I'm never leaving. This is heaven. Yeah. But I, yeah, I knew one person and then, you know, I, I really didn't know anybody in the trail running world uh, for a while, like years where I just kind of ran alone. But I, I'm like my coworkers and their friends and kind of branching out even my neighbor when my first like apartments, but I think, yeah, that's, I had to, whereas like in Indiana, I grew up surrounded by just friends through school mm-hmm. constantly where it was like, you know, in school, you're just surrounded by people. Whereas if you're, you know, late twenties and you move across the country and you yeah. don't know anybody, it's a lot harder. Where do you meet? Like if I moved right now, I mean, sure. I could meet trailers, but where would I go to meet people? Yeah. You know, it's like, as you get older, it's, it's harder. Well, I'm just thinking about the night that we met and we should tell that story again because I think it is important to the history of free trail. And, you know, you've been a massive part of my life and our family's life ever since that night. But like, you know, you made a point to like engage with me that evening. We chatted, we shared a couple brewskis and then it you know, the wheels started turning in my head of like, oh, maybe Ryan would be an interesting guy to, you know, produce the podcast. And let's tell the story in a sec. But, you know, if it weren't for you actively engaging in that situation, our friendship and working relationship would never have started. And I think that's what makes you you Mm. is like, you know, you were proactively wanting to engage in conversation with a convo guy like me. We hit it off. And I feel like you've done that though, not only with me, but with so many other people. And I think there's so many people in the world that view you as like one of their best friends. And I think that's like, what makes you, you, you know? I guess I've never really thought about that, but yeah, thanks for saying that. Yeah. Anyway, well, give the people a little bit of a glimpse into, you know, your background history. I mentioned Indiana. So give the people a little condensed version of your personal story. Sure. I grew up in Northern Indiana in a small town called Fort Wayne. I had great parents, great sisters, and the rest of my family, like uh, aunts and uncles and grandparents lived uh, East Coast. That's why I'm a Phillies fan. Um, Had a great childhood growing up um, and then went to, it took me nine years to get my undergraduate. I went to like five different colleges and I kept quitting and didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I was like, "Ah, I'm just going to go travel for a little bit. And then, um, finally committed to geography, majored in geography, graduated from Indiana university in Indianapolis. And, and then like within a month or two of graduating, I like was like, all right, I got to get out and get out of Indiana. And I was, I'm the company I was working for as a bartender through school. They, they were like, Hey, if you want to move to Carolina, you can open this bar as a bar manager. And I was like, ah, it's not really where I want to go, but it gets me out of Indiana and it gets me money. So I was like, I'll give it a go. And then I hated it. So I quit. And, um, and then I, I called my mom and I was like, Hey, I think I'm, I think I'm going to 
like leave Carolina and, and I think I'm going to drive out West. And she's like, Oh, I wondered when I get this phone call. And I was like, <laughs> what? I like, they knew my parents knew I just like had to go. And yeah. so I put everything I could into the car and lived out of the car for like three months, just driving across. And this is where I was starting to get into running. Like, um, at that time I was, I was driving across the country, listening to born to run on audiobook. My buddy Dusty gave me, he's like, Hey, I think you'd like this. And so, um, that book was life changing for me. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was like, this is wild. And I was just so curious about it. So I, I was uh, like living out of the car doing runs like here. And I was like, how the place looks cool to run as I'm just driving across like Arizona or something. And, um, and then, uh, that's, like I said, I almost moved to San Diego and I, I just barely went up to Seattle. I'm glad I did. And, um, Took me a couple of years, but I kind of embedded myself in the like amazing trail running community up there and, uh, did my first trail races there, signed up for TNF 50, um, in 2015 without having ever run more than a 5k. So that was, you know, the classic 5k to 50 miler, (laughs) which that was my favorite race. I did that three times. Um, and, and then yeah, I think what kept me there outside of like the beauty and the access that Seattle offers to all the surrounding options was the people. I really made a lot of good friends. And I think honestly, that's what keeps me up there as much as we joke about like, when am I going to move down here and whatnot? I just, it's not just like, I love the mountains and the trails and all the different places, but I have so many friends I've, that I like really love that I, you know, more than just running friends like community. Yeah. Community. And the most important part about where you live. Um, you said like the things that make you, you were place and relationships. And now hearing you talk a little bit, you know, the other thing that you're so passionate about is travel. So maybe talk about the significance that's played in your life and any, you know, poignant stories from your years on the road. Yeah. I started, where my dad would give me the Atlas as I'm sitting in the back seat and where we drive, we do a lot of road trips to the East coast to visit family. And like, I didn't know until way later that he knew where he was going. Cause he made it seem like, all right, what exit you got to look at the map and tell me what exit we're getting off to switch to here, to go through Pittsburgh to that's all right. You know? Yeah. And so I was like, so into it. And, um, I just always loved the road trips. And then as that, as I got older, and, you know, could do it on my own, traveled, traveled a lot all around, like went up to Maine a handful of times. We have family up there too. And then in 2012 or 2013 was the first time I went abroad. I think it was 2012. Um, I went to Europe for a month, um, and just lost it. I was like head over heels. And since then I've, I've traveled, you know, 10 months at a time, one time, a couple months here and there. And I think it's just curiosity in the same, same way that I'm curious about like running long distances. I think I just always want to, and I I hate the kind of travel where you're like, Oh, I was, I'm I'm in Berlin for a day and and now I'm in Frankfurt for a day and now I'm in Paris. And then like you're back home and you're like, what, what city was I? They're all the the blends together. I want to, I want to be there. Like I went to Scotland for a month in December back in 2018 it was gloomy. It was moody. You know, like I'm a creature of moods. I loved it, but I felt like I was there. Cause I yeah. didn't bop around that much. I was like, 
I went to Edinburgh and then I went up to the Highlands and I just stayed put. And I like that kind of travel. So creativity, obviously people who will listen to the show know you as the creative director and the creative force behind everything that we do at Free Trail. Not only all the podcasts, but all the videos. You do a lot of the design and you know graphic work that we do, 99% of that also. You make music. Where did the creative streak come from you too? Because you know, when we met, like it was such a serendipitous thing because you were shooting races and you were doing some kind of one-off video editing work. I know with Ethan, probably some other stuff, but to me, you were like the most undiscovered talent and you have the most versatile skill set of any creative person I know between audio, video, graphic design, music. Paint the thread of creativity throughout your life. Um, yeah. So my dad um, works in radio and that was, that's where music comes from. Like we listen to music all the time. Do your radio voice thing for the listeners. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, uh 45 degrees outside. Thanks for uh coming. Thanks for tuning in to, you know, trail culture, trail running radio. WFAN <laughs> yeah, yeah. from the garage here in Marin County, California. It is 10 20 AM slightly overcast guys here in Marinwood. Hope your drive to work is going well this morning. Anyway, keep going. Um, yeah. So we listen to music all the time. Like when my dad took me to, my dad took me to concerts when I was super young. I remember seeing, you know, like Bush and we had tickets to see Oasis a bunch of times, but the, they always canceled the concerts, but Smashing Pumpkins, Foo Fighters, like all of my favorite bands growing up, I would always, we'd go, I saw Paul McCartney. I'm, you know, it was, it was, so music's always been a part of my life. I got a guitar when I was 13 for my birthday and then me and a bunch of, you know, shitty guitar playing seven, seventh graders would get together and just like, Oh, let's form a band. And you know, like the worst, <laughs> worst music of all time. Um, and then music kind of was as always, well, music even before that, it's always kind of been like my love language, like I'm really expressive both through listening and creating mm -hmm. music. Um, and then the visual side of stuff came later. I got really into like I worked at an independent movie theater for five years in Indiana. And, you know, that's when you had like Wes Anderson films and, and stuff that was a little bit below the radar back then come through. And, um, yeah, like science of sleep. I mean, there were so many cool movies that I was like, this is awesome. I don't know anything about that kind of stuff, but it, that was where like the love kind of started coming to me for that kind of stuff. And then my friend Gretchen Walla back, she's someone who actually connected me with basically everybody I know right now, a dear friend. She was like a race director. I was like, Hey, get a camera, come shoot a race. I think you'd like it. And I was like, cause I was taking photos of my iPhone at that time. You know, they were, and I was like, I don't know. And I was so nervous. I didn't even charge. I mean, this is only like what? 2019. Yeah. So four years ago. Yeah. And so, you know, I hated the first time I did it. I hated it. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. And I don't like doing things when I like, you know, I want to know everything. Yeah. And I, but I kept doing it re repeating. And then I, that's when I fell in love with that. And I feel like 
I've just been winging it ever since. And I think, I, I don't remember if I was talking to Nick Danielson or another peer in this space where I was like, this is the first year where I've put out stuff where it's been out for a little bit and I'm, I'm proud of it because when you're, when you're new at something, you suck at it and you have to, and you have to like keep putting out stuff. And then a couple months later, you're like, look at that thing I put out a couple months ago. It was terrible, but you have to should do we that. Take to get it down? Yeah, yeah, should we take it down? <laughs> and I, you know, and I'm a couple of years in now and I'm finally like, okay, some of these photos, like even today we we're, we we're looking through stuff for the Eli Hemming episode. And I looked at my broken arrow photos. I was like, well, these actually aren't that bad. <laughs> And, um, but it's taken time. So I don't know. Maybe that was a little bit of a long winded answer, but. Well, I don't know. To drive the point home for the audience, like you're basically a self-taught creative person that can do audio, video, photography, graphic design, and make music. I don't know about the graphic design. That's Well, okay. I mean, but it's not like you're a professional, right? If we needed to do like something that was more complex and sophisticated with design, we would hire it out, but you do basically everything that we need to do that looks cool (laughs) in addition to sounds cool. And, you know, um, you obviously are a fantastic photographer, but it's something that came into your life sort of later, especially, you know, the podcast recording and filmmaking. I mean, you make feature length films now and you started in 2019. Yeah. It's kind of wild. It's crazy, dude. Um, So again, just to like inform the audience, I know when you and I met, you were doing like one day a week doing some editing work with Ethan Newberry, the ginger runner. And he's the connective tissue between the two of us having done an event with Ethan. What was that? Was that just before the pandemic? Yeah, it was February of 2020. So February of 2020, maybe I'll tell the story and then you can add whatever color you want to. Cause it was like a watershed moment in retrospect for in both of our lives, I think, you know, and, you know, shout out to Ethan for you know, providing the introduction. But basically what happened was Ethan, myself, Gary Robbins and Ellie Greenwood put together an event in Seattle where Ethan basically operated as the host of the event. It was sort of a ginger runners, ginger, ginger runner presents evening of conversation with Gary, myself and Ellie. We each gave presentations to a crowd of trail runners and you were there taking photos and basically just assisting Ethan in hosting the event. And then it was afterwards where we shared a couple of brewskis and we had a fun little conversation and I left feeling like, you know, we had made a new friend. We'd made a connection. Harmony was there too. And the next day, this is when we were living in Portland, Harmony and I were driving home from Seattle after spending the night and started just talking about my podcast, which was relatively new at the time, maybe a couple months old. And we were unhappy with the production crew that was taking care of the show because Unlike you, I have no creative talent and could not produce my own podcast if I needed to. And But I knew that I loved what I was doing. Like I felt there was some sort of momentum behind the show and I was enjoying the process of putting it together, but I felt like I needed like the right partner to do the hard part of it, which is your job. And in conversation with Harmony while we were driving home, I said, you know, that guy, Ryan from last night, like, I wonder if 
he could do the podcast, you know? Cause I was like, okay, he's helping Ethan. He probably would enjoy like some extra work in the creative space and trail running. Like maybe he's got time and he'd be interested in it. So I sent a note to, and Harmony agreed. We sent a note to Ethan saying, Hey, can you, can you send me like Ryan's contact? Do you think he'd be interested in this? He said, yeah, probably just hit him up. Here's his number or whatever. And the rest is history. As they say, even though you had zero experience producing any podcasts, just like everything else we've done, you said, yes, we'll figure it out. Yep. And we did. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you want to add to that story? Well, that's the theme of, I think that's the theme of so many things where it's like, Hey, should we do this? And I'm like, yep, we'll figure it out, but I have no idea how to do it, but we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. I remember that night chatting, we were at a brewery. It was basically Ellie, Gary, Kim and Ethan, you and Harmony and me. Yep. And, um, yeah, I just remember we bonded a ton over Marin and that was, that was just a really fun night. I remember Gary was talking a ton about hockey and I just, I remember laughing a bunch because I, I don't really know much about hockey, but that was really fun. And then I was like, I remember when you called me and you're like, do you want to produce the pod? I was like, yes, I need disclaimer. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing, but yes, I'll figure it out. But it was perfect. And I mean, just to give the audience a sense of our working relationship and how it's evolved is like, you know, you basically will sacrifice anything for what we do. And it started with the podcast, you know, before it was like, okay, with the old production crew that I had, it's like, okay, we need the show like a week early or whatever <laughs> with you. It's like, okay, like I'll turn it around in five minutes, you know, it'll be up and published like within seconds of finishing. And anyway, just like you always have put our working relationship at the center of everything. And I think that's why, like, I've always just trusted implicitly that like freaking we're in this together, you know, and we've been through some wars, both, you know, interpersonally, which maybe we can talk about a few times where we've resented each other. And, but for the most part, man, it's been like, it's created a bond, I think, between the two of us that will be impossible to break. Yeah. It's funny. Whenever we're up against like a crazy deadline, whether like it was delivering the videos for Hoka or delivering, there was something even more recent than that, I think. And I was just like, it's all good. I'm it's even though we have like 48 hours to get the, I haven't started this video. We'll get it done. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I do think the times where I think it's like 95% of the time, if not 99% of the time, it's, it's like really, really good, but we go through obviously building a business is very stressful and it's a lot of in the unknown in choppy seas, if you will. And I do think those times where it's like been like once a year kind of where we're just, it's just a lack of communication. We start resenting each other because we're Cause both. Cause it's usually like, it's usually like either I'm overwhelmed or you're overwhelmed. Or and both. when we both get overwhelmed, yeah. that's when we're like, yeah, you know, we start to bicker or uh, whatever, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think, it's every sort of business partnership goes through that type of stuff. But I don't think you've ever questioned for a second how dedicated and committed I am and vice versa. Yeah. Like, and I think that's created a, a loyalty with our small team, Harmony too, and everybody else who contributes to free trail. Like we do have a sense of like very strong team camaraderie 
And I think it's born out of the fact that like, you know, we've been able to put together a team that like really cares about what we're doing. And so I appreciate, you know, the work ethic that you've always shown. You grind harder than anybody, but also like, you know, I've never once questioned your loyalty to building this thing together, even though like we've all made huge sacrifices and, um, you know, it's been massively difficult. So maybe like, let's talk about some of the learnings because most of the listeners will know this podcast started out as the well. And then it was, it was sort of like, as I was understanding like the versatility that you had and the skill set that you had, when we started thinking like, maybe we could do other stuff, you know, it doesn't need to just be a podcast. And then we sort of had the opportunity to start the app, which, you know, was definitely a learning experience and a mistake. And now we've sort of arrived at, I think all of us feeling more comfortable with who we are and what we are and what we want to do and what impact we want to have. Is there anything you want to say about that evolution from the well to free trail? Yeah, it's it's funny to think about all the mistakes that we've made, especially through the Pillars era. But we've learned so much from them. I wouldn't trade them. I know sometimes you're just kind of like, oh man, I wish we wouldn't have done that. But I'm a huge believer that we wouldn't be where we are today without all those mistakes. Um, and if we would have done something, it could have been different, whatever it was. I'm, and I'm happy with where we're at today and where we're going. But yeah, the Pillars from the well to pillars to free trail. I mean, free trail, when we changed to free trail, that's when I was like excited. Yeah. I'm excited to like have a shirt that says free trail to like tell people about it. You know, with pillars, I never really, it never really clicked. It was like the, the idea is there, but our execution's not quite right or something like the brand that. Wasn't right. I yeah. think, I think we all felt that of like, we're onto something here, but like there's something wrong with, the way that things are structured and the way that we present ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And then we switched to free trial and I was like, dude, this is cool. All right. So we're coming up on the two year anniversary of you creating the brand. Oh yeah. UTMB. So talk about the, the rebrand thing, because this was an all consuming project for like nine months. And we had such a hard time trying to figure out what we wanted our name to be, what we wanted the brand to look like. And it was at UTMB 2021 when you created the free trail brand. Yeah, it was, well, we had been talking about, we'd, you know, we'd be on like road trips down to, you know, Southern California, like when you were doing Joshua Tree or Backbone FKTs and we're just, it's quiet in the car for a while. And someone would just be like, what about, you know, and say it with some name and we're like, ah, and someone would shoot it down or somebody would like it or whatever. And we just kept saying names like, cause we, I mean, pretty early on, we were like, it's not pillars, but yeah. we have to figure it out. We have one chance to rebrand. We can't rebrand after <laughs> this. So we got to like the name. Yeah. And then I think it was down to free trail and one other one. And what I think what made it stick was we were on an office hours call, which was like eight or 9 PM UTMB time, which is the normal time here, 1130. And I was sitting across the table from you and harmony on the same call, but I was like, messing around with graphics in Adobe. And then I think what made it stick was I sent it to you. Remember it was like green yeah, and I yeah, was like, like turquoise free trail with the signpost sign. And that's when it like, like kind of clicked. We're like, totally. wait a minute, this, the name with a logo 
this could be cool. Yeah. And the signpost looks like an F. Yeah. Because like free trail, it's like the way that, so the great part about it was that I came up with the name, you made the branding and then Harmony sort of arrived at the the color scheme that we use, which I think is also like perfect. And for my part of it, like, it was like, okay, well, we want to make sure that it's obvious we're a trail running media company. Cause obviously with pillars, that was not the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, okay, we want the word trail in it. What other word could we have? And it's like, okay, what kind of words are associated with like the feeling of trail running? And obviously one of those feelings is like freedom. Right. So it's like, well, what about free trail? And it's like, okay, it's like, maybe it's like kind of generic, whatever. But in the whole rebranding process, I mean, we spent thousands of dollars on just trademark database searches with our trademark lawyer. And then finally free trail, there used to be a snowshoe company called free trail that is since you know, gone out of business, I think like back in the eighties. So we knew we had a sweet logo and had a fire, fire brand, Yeah, but we knew we could own the name. Right. And then I bought the URL, which was also very expensive, (laughs) but anyway, it was that night at UTMB when you designed the branding, when all three of us were like, that's it, that Mm -hmm. is it. And now like you, like, I mean, I got my trail culture tee on right now and I just feel so proud to wear the brand and it feels like it's become a core part of both of us, you know? I love it, love it, love it, love it. And the signpost, dude, just brilliant. The Free Trail Podcast is brought to you by HVMN and the Ketone IQ Supplement. Ketone IQ has become a huge phenomenon in endurance sport in recent years, allowing athletes of all levels to access new levels of performance. It was first adopted in cycling, especially among the professional ranks, but it's now finding its way into the running world, which is awesome and with great success. I recall seeing British ultra star Tom Evans smashing a ketone IQ as he jumped in the raft at the Rucky Chucky River Crossing on his way to victory, the 2023 Western States. Well, if it's good enough for Tom, it's good enough for me. Ketone IQ was invented by HVMN to help athletes of all levels reach their physical potential by boosting cognitive performance. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you know that your brain is key to performing at your best as a runner from fatigue resistance to improved focus and mental clarity. Ketone IQ can give you deeper brain power when the miles and exhaustion start to add up. This is something you really have to experience to understand. So make sure you give Ketone IQ a try. You can save 30% off your first subscription order of Ketone IQ at hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30. Again, visit hvmn forward slash free trail 30 and subscribe upon checkout for 30% off. There is a link in the show notes of this episode as well. Thanks to HVMN. The best gear isn't born in a factory. It is inspired by real people challenging themselves to explore new parts of the world. That's why I love Rourke. Their team pulls design inspiration straight from the cultures and climates of new destinations to create 
durable and comfortable styles that can take you straight from the trail to the coffee shop or the bar. Trail culture, if you know what I mean. For over 10 years, Rourke has explored the globe to seek adventure on the road less traveled. Grounded in the joy of travel, each Rourke collection is inspired by a specific location around the world, and each includes a give back because Rourke believes in leaving a positive impact on the places that host their adventures. Rourke's latest collection is inspired by a trip to Hokkaido, Japan, featuring Japanese prints and patterns, and free trail fans will especially love the Rourke Run Amuck line. It's functional run running gear that goes against traditional activewear styling so you never have to choose between performance and personality. I've been rocking Rourke's Mathis Core t-shirt recently. The cut reminds me of my favorite cotton t-shirts, but with dry release jersey knit material, it dries so much faster. So again, I can wear it while I'm out ripping on the trails or when I'm podcasting in my garage. Go check out the whole run amok apparel collection and for a limited time, as one of my listeners, you can get a 15% discount off your first order. Go to Rourke.com, use code FREETRAIL15 at checkout. Don't wait, that's R-O-A-R-K.com and use code FREETRAIL15. Anything else you want to say about like, you know, the evolution of what we've done and sort of arriving at the moment that we're at, because I think for me, and I say this to a lot of people I talk to about free trail, just like, man, I'm so proud of what we've done, but it's so hard for us to like pick our head up and see how far we've come because it still feels like we still have so far to go and that we're not even close to getting out of the woods and like truly figuring this thing out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I equate it to, I see Rhodes like every two weeks and every time I see him, he's like saying a few more words or he's like getting closer to walking. He's standing up on his own kind of thing. And, but when you're in the day to day, you don't notice the changes as much. Like if you see him every day and with free trail, we're in it every day to, you know, just 24 seven don't see necessarily the growth unless you, you pull back. So it's kind of hard sometimes when we're like, Cause there's been times where lots of times we're just like, what are we doing? Does anybody care? Is anybody out there? Is it just us? Like what's going on? Like, cause we're so just in our own little worlds of just like work, 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 do this. And, and so I do think that especially at races when, when either you see a pair of Speedland shoes with our logo on it, or you see somebody wearing a trail culture hoodie or, or just someone comes up to you and is like, Oh, I love the pod or what, you know, and you, you just have more of, Oh, maybe there are people that are out there listening to us and like what we do. And, um, you know, which I guess it's just as our own insecurity of just like, what are we doing? But it's, it's, I, like I said, with my work where like this year has come kind of like, Oh, I'm kind of starting to put out stuff. I'm proud of I'm still not quite putting out the stuff I want to put out, but I'm on my way of like learning how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I feel about free trail where it's like, wow, we've actually done a lot and like the community's growing. It's really, really fun in our, in Slack and you know, our website, we have a real website, which is insane. Like every now and then I kind of forget that that's ours and, and how cool I'm, I'm really into fantasy baseball and you know, we've talked for years about doing fantasy trail running. And so it's really cool that Travis like nailed the execution of that, yeah. which is really fun. I wish, I wish there was more, like yeah. I want, I want to do it all the time, you know? Um, but 
yeah, it's just, it's like you said, it's like when we can take our head up and take a step back and see what's going on. It's, it's like, it's pretty cool. I'm pretty proud of us. Of all the things that you've produced between, you know, the pillars and free trail days, what's the thing you're proudest of? Um, I'm, I'm a sucker for begin again because it was my first like longer film. It's like, it's 45, like 45 minutes, minutes or yeah. something. And peak life experience is somewhere around 30. That's the hard rock one. But begin again was, I mean that, that whole thing was such a, like it was wild, dude. We went a 11 hour time difference. We flew like 20 something hours across the world and then I, at last minute, they're like, oh, if you want to make a film, you have to run a marathon to me. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, you have to go into the Cirque and go do this. He's like, otherwise you won't have any, enough footage. And so I was like, okay. And like that whole process. And then, you know, we used that film to launch Free Trail, yeah. the switch from Pillars to Free Trail. Right. So, and we had a showing at Seven Hills Running Shop in Seattle. So I think that's, even though I look back, I watch it now and I'm like, oh man, I could have just spent a few more, you know, this and that and like really tweak this or I could have filmed this differently. I'm, I'm still like, I, I got a soft spot for it. And I think that when we release the, the Adam Mary film for Western States, I think that's going to be my new thing because I have, if I can figure out how to tell the story, because honestly, man, it, like I know I'm kind of going off a little tangent here, but Every time I sit down to make a film, I'm like, how the bleep am I going to do this? It's not like you do it once. And you're like, oh, it's like cookie cutter. Now I can do this. Like I sit down. I'm like, this is where I realize that I don't know what I'm doing and we're not going to put it out because I don't know. <laughs> and so that's kind of what I feel like with that. Cause the Adam Mary film is, it's a good story. I have good footage. I've gone through a lot of it and I'm excited to like attempt to put it together. But at the same time, I'm just like, it's an important story and I don't want to cuss it up. Yeah. So, but I think that one, I like that challenge. Um, and honestly, I think the hard rock film, even if it's like a 10 minute film is going to be cool. Cause I looked through some of Rich's GoPro footage and it's good. Really? Yeah. Tell the people about our, you know, our sort of tongue in cheek title for the new hard rock film. <laughs> so, uh, begin again, which is the, the <laughs> film about grand raid that I was just referencing, which is my favorite is, you know, about how you kind of had like a minor heat stroke in the middle of the race and blew up and then hiked it in essentially, even though you still came in 17th out of 3000, pretty impressive. Um, so we were thinking begin again to, implode harder <laughs> like an action film which would completely ruin if the if the film is like at all serious or like has a good note to it or whatever but it's such a funny title i'm sick of making videos about me exploding and marching it in we're done doing that yeah. we are done doing okay. that um between filmmaking photography like music making i'm sure it's not podcast producing but of those things where do you feel Strongest or what do you enjoy the most? I used to like cut and dry. Easiest answer in the world would be photography. 
Um, now it's, I'm starting to lean more towards film. And I think it's because I'm slowly starting to learn how to do it and I feel more comfortable with it. Yeah. Or it's maybe more, a little bit more of a challenge. Not that photography is not a challenge because any, anybody, everybody's a good photographer these days. Um, music is interesting because I've, I feel like I don't work super great by myself in music. I have a lot. I have like 500 songs and most of them are like 70% complete. I have, you know, maybe... 40 songs that are complete. Dude, we got to put out an album. I know we got to put out an album, but I've wor- it's much more fun when you're working with somebody and what in anything, but for me, music where you're like sitting, someone's on the piano, you're on the guitar or, or vice versa, or somebody's on and you play something together and you both all of a sudden look at each other and you're like, that was cool. Or that was special. Having that moment in music, like that's, that's what I love. That's why I like doing music. I'm more Dude, of a like, I we, like working together. We have those moments though too. We do. When yeah. we work on stuff Yeah. And we're like, oh, this is it. Yeah, this like, is oh, it. Oh, we got yeah. it. Yeah. So interesting. But that's where I feel like photography is, you can obviously that's like a one person thing. And then filmmaking for now has always been a one person thing. Like occasionally somebody will help with like a, like a pacer will help with GoPro or Tony with a Sony. will give me like a footage from an aid station. I wasn't at or something, um, but it's, you know, hopefully eventually we'll be able to finance a film where I can hire other shooters. And I don't even know. I don't even eventually. know what we need because I don't know. I'm, you know, <laughs> just doing it all. Um, but yeah, I think now my long answer short is, they're a lot closer between film and photography right now. And it depends on the situation. Who do you view as like some of your inspirations creatively? Like, cause again, you're fairly new to this whole thing and you've learned basically on your own, but I bet there's media outside of maybe the sport of trail running or things that you listen to that, maybe inspire some of the creative direction that you take? Is there anything there that you want to talk about? Um, I think Christopher Nolan is probably my favorite filmmaker. Dude, I just listened to a podcast about him. He's brilliant. Because So he just put out Oppenheimer. Have mm. you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. Neither have yeah. I. We should go see it. Oh, we should, yeah. <laughs> After your race. <laughs> um, Say more. Yeah, y- yeah Interstellar. That film, oh my All-timer. god! I watched it on a plane. Oh jeez! Just weeping. Yeah, yep. I that one. Obviously, the Dark Knight series is awesome, or Dark Knight trilogy, and um, I really liked Inception. I thought Tenet was good too. I thought that was creative. Dunkirk. My goal is to create a Dunkirk. I want to make like my trail running version of Dunkirk, obviously take the war out of it, but I mean, it starts in act three and um, I have a couple ideas for stuff like that, but prior to him, I I really liked the older Wes Anderson movies. Now I'm kind of like irritated by the new Wes Anderson movies. I don't even want to see them because it's like, there's 40 people in them. There's too many stories going on and he's like out Wes Anderson himself somehow. But I thought, Life Aquatic and Darjeeling Limited and uh, Royal Tenenbaums. Those, those like older films really were early inspirations for me as far as like, I, I guess I didn't really realize they were inspirations for me at the time, but I 
those like stand out. Um, and then musically I'm all over the place. I'm, in, I'm inspired by like a little bit of every genre. I listen to so much different music and I, th- I think one thing I really want to get better at is incorporating like an, uh, like an audio experience. Like I, like I want, I, while you're watching one of our films, I want I to think see that's be like, one of the things that you're best at oh, with the music in films. Yeah. And people say that, you know, like, or comment on our YouTube videos. It's like, hey, I do get a lot. Song? Yeah. A yeah. lot of people ask what, what song is that or whatever. Yeah. But I think the, I think blending all the different sounds of environment, with music and doing it better than what I'm doing now. that's like what I want to keep pursuing. I think that's like, I, I want to be able to make a film and be like, please watch this with headphones. Like, you know, don't use your computer speakers, or your iPhone, like, please like, so you get the full experience. Interesting. You said you want to make the trail running version of Dunkirk. And it reminds me of the time that we tried to make the trail running version of Drive to Survive, too the soon. Netflix too <laughs> soon, dude. too soon. But this is maybe a good opportunity for us to talk about our brotherly working relationship and the ups and downs that we've had. We've really only had a couple downs. Yeah, two uh, or three. But that was one of them for sure. And it was a point where we had, we were following our instinct, which we always have both to our benefit and to our detriment. And I had become obsessed with the Formula One series on Netflix of just like not only the exposition of the competition, but more so the behind the scenes, the feeling like you're developing a relationship with the athlete and getting a 360 degree understanding of their personal lives and their professional lives. And, you know, I still think there's a massive opportunity to do something like this in trail running and you and I being the ambitious and inexperienced people that we are trying to build something from scratch decided that more or less you were going to be taking on a massive, massive project. And it ended up being, you know, I think we could, we characterize it as, a learning experience, but a failure. Yeah. And it's nearly killed you. Yeah. So talk about it. Well, first of all, I've never seen drive to survive. So there's that, but, um, I understand the concept and, you know, it's just emerging, immersing myself with Tim Tollefson for a lot of spring of 2022, as he was preparing for Western States. And then you know, I've learned, I learned so many things from that. And I'm so glad we did that and failed at it because I learned a ton. And that was a project that we needed way more than one person doing it. And, um, you know, we could have made something completely different and it could have been cool, but I, I have so much footage from the sp- So I, I filmed, it was like, we went straight from our first gorge, which nearly killed us because it was like 18 hour days to then I went to Mammoth for like a few days to then I went to Madeira for two weeks. Then I went back to Mammoth for a long time. And then I went to uh, like a family reunion in New Jersey and, and the Jersey shore and South Jersey. 
And I remember we talked on the phone because we, we were, we had so much like disconnect, mis- misunderstood each other, just not even communicating. And I, we, we talked on the phone instantly. I just exploded in tears. And I mean, after that conversation, I had such like a relief because I was also training for Bighorn, which was in like five <laughs> days, you know, I, in between filming Tim, like Tim goes to work at the hospital and I'm like, all right, I got to get a four or five hour run in while he's doing, you know, it's just like is nonstop. And, and I remember his just like tapering in New Jersey on this like five day family, like get together. And we had this conversation cause we we're like, all right, we just need to talk because you're mad at me and I'm mad at you. And like, let's figure this out. Yeah. And I was so stressed out about, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to edit these episodes because they're, they take so long to edit. And I think we had released one at that time, but I wasn't going to have episode two ready or the draft I sent to two wasn't really good or something. And, um, so you know, the, the, like two or three times we've had those moments where it's just like, I always explode into tears and just like need that release. But I think that's why we're so close is like, we've worked through those, those like hard moments and we've bonded a lot deeper because of those moments. But man, was that a learning experience? But I think it's illustrative of the attitude that we've had is like, this should exist. We're doing it. We don't have a sponsor. Who cares? Yeah. We're doing it on our own dime. We're doing it on our own dime. You know, at a time when we're struggling, nobody's got energy. We're all making sacrifices, but like this should exist and we want to be the people that do it. And shout out to Tim Tollison who, you know, did accommodate you for- I live with him. (laughs) For weeks that spring, only to have it to where like the film sort of like crashed and burned and we did put out two good- Episodes. I was happy with those. Yeah, episodes. those are great, yeah. great, great episodes, but we never kind of brought this story full circle and maybe someday we will. Yeah. Cliffhanger for now. Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I still want us to do that, but it was a great learning experience of like, okay, how do we be a little bit more efficient? Yeah. Like, and how do we do things that are a little bit it more in our, realm of competence and capability uh, as we iterate towards being able to do some of these humongous projects that I think inspire both of us deeply. The last conflict we had was in April of this year, where steps from where we're sitting now in our living room, you, me, and Harmony were like, okay, we need to sit down and just hash this out, clear the air. And it was me who burst into tears yeah. in that one. Yeah, the tables turned. <laughs> the tables turned. But uh man, like that's life, man. That's yeah. what makes rich experience, I guess. It's like I don't know. I just feel such a deep gratitude for you and Harmony going on this ride with me. And like I just feel such a big responsibility of like I need this to work for these guys. Like I need, I know Ryan has killed himself on free trail and sacrificed a lot and could be making more money working for somebody else, doing something else. And like, you've always been there, you know? And that's why I just like feel such an immense amount of loyalty towards you and like such gratitude for 
being on this journey together. Well, likewise. Even, even when we're we're crying on the phone or in yeah. person because we're dealing with some existential crisis, man, I would fricking do anything for you and I wouldn't um, want to be doing anything else. So. Likewise. I mean, yeah. you're the main character in your film and I'm the main character in mine. And I feel that same way yeah. towards you. Like, you know, I got to get this film done. I got to figure out how to do this to keep free trail going. Like we, I think we both put a ton of pressure on ourselves. Totally. totally. The free trail podcast is brought to you by gnarly nutrition and their branch chain amino acid drink mix. The product I use more than any other in my day-to-day life. The BCAA drink mix is part of my morning routine every day before I get out the door for training. I smash a serving of this delicious and essential amino acid combination. Gnarly BCAAs provide a vegan trifecta of leucine, isoleucine, and valine, which research suggests work together to increase protein synthesis and muscle growth to keep you strong and healthy on the trails. Research also shows that if consumed in the 20 to 30 minutes before exercise and even during longer training sessions, BCAAs and leucine in particular can help minimize muscle protein breakdown, thus reducing post-exercise soreness and speeding recovery between training sessions. I swear I can feel the difference in my strength, recovery, and general energy levels when I have my BCAAs and when I don't. And in all the conversation about carbohydrates and protein and calories per hour, I feel like BCAAs often get lost in the mix, even though they are by definition, essential. Don't skimp on the essentials. Pick up a can of the gnarly BCAAs at gonarly.com and use code FREETRAIL15. Gonarly.com, use code FREETRAIL15. So, you got a race coming up. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Yeah, I just like, Jacob, the race director, I'm running Swiss Ops 100. He's in this thing right now of like, every day for a week, he sends out two emails. And every time they hit my inbox, it's just like butterflies and anxiety and I'm antsy and, um, yeah, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get going. I don't know if I'm like, what's going to happen physically, but mentally I'm ready. And, uh, yeah, I was originally on the wait list for Cascade Crest, which I've run 1.7 times. And I thought I was going to do that this year. And then when I was out actually filming, in Leadville filming that, um, Annie video we did for Hoka before canyons. Um, I got a beer with my buddy, Kevin Schmidt. And like one of the first things we talked about was he just like turned his phone around. He's like, look, this is the race I signed up for. It's like, Oh yeah, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. He's I was like, it's like called Swiss Alps hundred. I was like, Oh, that's cool. He's like, you should do it. And I was like, there's no chance I'm doing it. I said, because he's like, yeah, it's August 11th. And I was like, dude, there's no way. I'd have to be gone for a month. I'm not going to be able to go there and because fly of back. UTMB. Yeah. yeah. And um, I said, absolutely not. And, we, you know, we had a couple beers chatted and then I flew home the next day or whatever. And then uh, like three days later, he texts me and he goes, hey, I told Courtney you're coming. She's going to be so disappointed if you don't come. <laughs> and I was like, what, dude? I said I wasn't going to do it. There's no way. I, I got Cascade Crest. I'm moving up on the wait list. And um, and you know, I kept doing like, Oh, I'm curious. Let me just see, like, look a little bit about this race. I was like, wow. And also, you know, I've already done cascade crest and, and then when I went to Austria for worlds and I was like, 
in the Alps. I know it's not the same part of the Alps, but it's pretty dang close. I was like, okay, this is some of the most unbelievably, like this is the most beautiful place I've ever been. Like the, the mountains just go on forever. The trails, you'd never want to stop. You're just like, I want to turn the corner and see what's around it. That's when I, that's when I was just like, okay, I think I'm going to do this. And, um, that's when I was like, yo, Debo, are you cool with me? going? (laughs) I'm going to be gone and do this thing. And you're like, yeah, absolutely. And then, um, I was looking at the, I was looking at the course online. Cause they also have a hundred K I was like, Oh, maybe I'll do the hundred K. That sounds so much better. A hundred miles is so far. And I was looking, I was like, ah, oh, but the course you miss out on this part. And that's, I was like, okay, well good. Then I'm doing the 160 K and that's the excitement you want to have going into the race of just like, totally. I want to see every little spot on this course. And, um, so yeah, I've done a hodgepodge of training in between shooting like broken arrow, Western States, worlds, hard rock, yeah, you know, so you've been on the road for months. Yeah, you, like, you you've spent like a week at a stretch at home. It feels like in yeah, the last it's been six months. Honestly, because yeah, I also went to Maine and I visited um, my family in Indiana. I got three nephews, well, obviously, and four. parents. Four with <laughs> well, yeah, but my fourth lives here in yeah, this house. Right. Um, so it's been it's interesting. That's kind of how my bighorn training was last year. It's like I get it in when I can. Yeah. And like right after Western States, I got home and I had like, I had two days at home before I flew to Chicago and I did, I said, okay, I'm going to go do 10 hours in Tianoa, which is a little mountain range area. Well, it's not its own mountain range. It's this area in Washington, like two hours from Seattle. And it's, it mimics the course pretty well. It's like maybe a thousand feet or 2000 feet lower, but it was like 10 hours, hike all the ups. I did 12 or 13,000 feet of climbing 30 miles or so. And I was like, that's about my pace. I'm shooting for, you know, I'm a mid packer. I'm shooting for like 32 to 36 hours. We'll see how it goes. But physically, I think I'm ready. Mentally, I'm definitely ready. My only concern is like, you know, I have this like lingering, it's not an injury, but it's my ankle. And that's an injury, dude. Yeah, it's an injury, Yeah, but it's like, all, all the, all my training days, it's been fine. It's been a little tender here and there, like after training, but it's never hurt me during training, but I roll it is for my role in Japan back in uh, December when we were there. Should we talk about the spreadsheets? You mentioned Kevin Schmidt, who yeah. listeners may know is Courtney DeWalter's husband. So you're doing it with your homie, Kevin, you yeah. guys are planning to kind of run together, I try to run together. Courtney on this podcast talked about Kevin's, spreadsheet acumen so i don't think we would be divulging secrets yeah if you want because she's never seen the spreadsheets but you have say a few words about kevin his organizational skills and his competence using microsoft excel it's he's he's (laughs) a genius he's a wizard it's It's beautiful i mean he he has not only just like pace estimations and how much climbing you've done so far. how much descent you've done each, how far to the next aid station, those kinds of things. But he also has like took information off the website with like the course profile where you can have crew and whatnot, what food's going to be at what aid station, the weather driving directions. Like it's amazing. I would never have done anything like this. And I showed Addy who's going to crew for me. And I was like, this is amazing. I, 
need to follow this the best I can, especially with nutrition, because I'm notoriously like not hungry when I'm running. And this race, I'm like, I'm in Europe. I want to eat baguettes and croissants and I'm, there's hot dogs at mile 50. I want to eat hot dogs. That's a terrible idea. I'm going to regret that within five miles, but I'm doing it because I want the experience of just like, I want to eat all the stuff they have. I want to have an espresso, you know, I would just want to, I want to go for a long day and, um, it'll be really fun to run together as long as we're both feeling good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then Courtney tags in with Kevin and yeah, Courtney does like 50 miles or whatever. Actually, Tim Tolson's supposed to pace me. Yeah, so, come on. Uh, you know, we'll see, but he'll, he's at least coming over to crew. So that'll be fun. That's fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. Wish I could be there for you, buddy. Um, what else should we talk about? This is the maybe the first and only time I've had zero outline, zero notes. I mean, I feel like we probably could go like several hours just recounting stories, but maybe we just we can start winding down here. Maybe we could tease like, cause we've talked multiple times here in the last hour about like big projects we've taken on and UTMB is going to be another one of these things where it's just like a big new thing that we've never done before, but we think it's going to be okay. Maybe you could just give it the listeners a, a general expectation of what they can expect to see, or should we save that for later? Yeah, let's save it. Okay, well, I'm excited about it. And yeah. it's, I think it's going to be really fun. And, you know, you know, me and cliffhangers, there's no episode three of the Tim Tolfson series. So I guess we'll do another cliffhanger here is stay tuned to see what we're doing. at <laughs> All right. Well then let's wind down in the traditional way with the uniform questions that I like to present to our guests here on the podcast, Mr. Ryan Thrower, who is one person that you admire inside or outside of sport? be living or dead. So uh, why do you admire that person? I thought about this yesterday on my run. Gretchen Walla. And I don't know if you've ever met Gretchen. I haven't. Gretchen, you know, is essentially, I went from having no friends to, in Washington or like, just like my few like coworkers or whatever, no like trail running friends. So then all of a sudden I felt like I met her and I had endless. So she's, She's taught me so much. She taught me how to be a good listener, you know, just by example. She's not like sitting me down, giving me lessons on how to, you know, but she's very kind. Um, she always follows her heart. She's encouraged me to, you know, be a better person. She, she's the one that told me to pick up a camera. Like when we, we've had, like if, if we talk on the phone, it's like, she's one of the few people I love talking on the phone and we can talk for five hours. And I'm like, did five minutes go by? Yeah. She, she, um, yeah. So she was a race director. Um, Doesn't for, she live in Bellingham? Yeah. Or? She lives yeah. in Bellingham. And now she has her own company called Walla Trails. Shout out. If you're looking for a race, a lot of them are timed loop races. There's no better races for community. We'll put it in the show notes. Yep. Walla Trails. She's just been you know, such a positive influence on, on me through the years and has introduced me to a lot of my best friends. She's the reason I knew Ethan who introduced me to you essentially, yep. uh, Ben, like there's just Chrissy. There's just so many people. I could just list so many people. And, um, does she, have you guys communicated about the fact that she's the one who 
convinced you to pick up a camera. Yeah. I've told her that before. Yeah. I think she, she would push back on that and just be like, you know, cause I, I say like, she's the reason I'm like doing any of the things I'm doing. And she right. pushed back is maybe just take credit to be like a little bit of a catalyst, but I'm giving her all the credit. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's just, I mean, I'm not like being very articulate right now. I feel like I've, I feel like I just no, need are. to get the point across that she is just such a wonderful human being and everyone that knows her is better for it. And they would all say that like, Amazing. yeah. And when you go to her races, you, all the people that are there are the people you want to know. Uh -huh. Like, like as I get older, I find myself like the friends that I like keep and like reach out to, and they reach out to me, like the, the friends I'm in, in investing more time in are maybe, well, I don't, I don't really know. I'm kind of, they're just like good people. And Gretchen's connected me with a lot of them. So Amazing. yeah. Awesome. Gretchen Walla. Gretchen Walla. I guess final question for you here, Rye. What is one truth that you've learned about life or about yourself through your participation in trail running or through your evolution as an artist? The fragility of life, man. I think about it all the time. You? And, you know, especially now that I'm in my late thirties, it's, you know, you start to realize like your parents are getting older um, and you see like you're not in the younger generation anymore uh, in anything, not just the sport. But um, I also live in Ballard right next to like an old folks home. And, you know, on my walk to get coffee every day down at Ballard Coffee Works, there's you just always see like people that are kind of on the tail end, yeah. you know, and it's, it just puts things in perspective. And, uh, the more I just like, the more I see those things and you have this realization, it's just, man, life is life. Well, like I yelled, I yelled this line to you. It's a Frank ocean yeah. line. I yelled this to you at hard rock. I go one solar flare were consumed. So why not? It's just like, it could be over, man. So, um, I just try to be grateful. I try to be present. That's why I always yell, stay present. Like I just try to, because it, you know, I, I've always thought like when I'm in a race and I'm like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. This is the stupidest sport, which I always think, you know, late in the race or whatever. I think, what if I was 80 years old and I had a wish and I, I, I got to come back to any moment and it just put me in this moment, yeah. how grateful I would be to be like, okay, I'm 36 again and I'm at mile 82 and I, I have 18 miles to go or I'm on this run in the PCT and I'm just having the time of my life out here, even though I'm like dehydrated and a little sore. And it's just like carrying that like gratitude for all the little moments, even the mundane ones, even the ones, yeah. Last, this is a small tangent too, but there's a film called About Time and it's unbelievable. It's, it's one of the best movies I've seen in the last 10 years. Documentary it, or mm -hmm. is it a documentary or what is no, it? No, it's so it's just a, a movie with a little bit of time travel and like there's this part where he lives the same day twice 
And the first time it shows him going through and he's irritated in line for coffee and like annoyed by this little thing and annoyed by that. And then when he goes back and lives the same day and tries to live it exactly through, he sees all the beauty in the little moments. Mm. And like, that's what I'm trying to say is like, that's what I'm trying to hold on to is all the little things. I try to be present. I try not to always be thinking of something in the past or, or like be excited for a trip um, oh, I'm excited for Europe. I fly Monday, so I'm not going to enjoy anything until then because I'm so excited for that. It's like, well, dude, I'm, I'm in Marin right now. I'm going to go for a run. Yeah. Like, so I guess this is a very long, you know, it's a very, if you've listened to trail running radio, I go on lots of long winded tangents. <laughs> this is just another one of them. But um, yeah, I think through, through specifically through trail running, it's really hit home. Just the fragility of life. I mean, go to a golden hour at any race. You know, it's just, man. What a great place to end. Impermanence. Yeah. The fragility of life and everything else. And it is so hard to maintain mindfulness and presence. And I think like this is one of the areas where free trails actually made me like a worse, less happy person is like, cause I'm always so consumed with like the future and like how we're going to make things work. Yeah. That it really, I think is to the detriment of like my day to day enjoyment of the stuff that we work on. And it's something that harmony reminds me of all the time. She's like, come on, we live back in Marin. Like we're on our way. We're making progress. Like just be present with where we are. And enjoy the process and we'll figure it out. And it applies to sport just as it as much as it does to life. So thanks for the reminder, RT. Dude, we just recorded a podcast. Yeah. I don't feel like I was super eloquent because I, <laughs> you know, get the wheels going and then I can't really. But anyways, it was really fun. I'm glad we did this. Super fun. We'll have to do it again. We'll make it an annual tradition here in the new studio. And then we can document the process of bringing the space to life. How's that yeah. sound? Yeah. I love you, bro. Love you too. Thanks for coming on. There it is, folks. RT, my guy. Finally, a proper episode dedicated only to him on the show that wouldn't exist without him. Hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, if you appreciate the work that Ryan does for our sport, Go send him a DM on Instagram, please. Smash the follow button while you're there and then message him good luck ahead of his race this weekend. Let's inundate his inbox with love ahead of this huge undertaking. Good luck, Rye Guy. Free Trail Pro members, jump in Slack. Let us know what you thought about the episode. Say good luck to Ryan and shower him with kudos for everything that he's brought to Free Trail over on that platform. Also, if you're not a Free Trail Pro member, you absolutely should be. You get member-only content like our rest day podcast. You get access to our incredibly active Slack community where you can make friends and share your journey with a community of fantastic people. You get access to our robust catalog of training plans. You can come to our weekly Zoom calls. You get exclusive discounts with our brand partners and on free trail merch. Get early access to registration at our events and a lot more. Membership is only $10 a month or $96 
for the year and there is a free trial so please do come check it out big thank you to our sponsors speedland run speedland.com use code free trail 10 for 10 percent off the gspgh gnarly nutrition go gnarly.com use code free trail 15 for 15 percent off these great nutrition products hvmn get 30 percent off your first subscription of ketone iq by visiting hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30 and finally Rourke Apparel. Visit Rourke.com. Use code FREETRAIL15 for 15% off this awesome apparel. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll talk to you again very soon. Love you so much. Bye-bye.